Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Each year across Scotland, 48,000 fire alarm signals are generated, accounting for 45% of all fire and rescue activity. Less than 2% are as a result of an actual fire, so 98% require no interventions. So I think we can understand why this has been brought in, because there's an awful lot of wasted emergency response time there. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Today I'm joined by Ross Smith. Hi, Ross. Welcome back. Hi, Jerry. Nice to see you. Thanks for popping across the road to see us. Pleasure to be back. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk today about some changes that have happened in Scotland around fire and how the process works for getting the fire brigade out to look at properties when the fire alarm is going off, or at least when the fire alarm may or may not have had a detection. And it's called or signalled the... um, Remote, remote company or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Remote, These things get monitoring. Monitoring, that's right. Remote monitoring company. And what's happened is in Scotland, and this has just happened really a little bit under the radar, is that it's now changed from a situation where the monitoring centre got a signal of an activation. They then immediately phoned the fire brigade. Then they phoned the key holders. Whereas now the rules have changed. And, you can, and I can understand why, we maybe go into that in a minute, but, but the rules have changed now so that the monitoring still happens, they don't phone the fire brigade, they phone the key holders that are listed for the property, which is generally the landlord, sometimes an external company. And then the decision is made by them about whether the fire brigade is called. And of course, the, there's logic behind that in that there are a lot of false alarms. There's a lot of times the fire brigade are... are I mean, where we're sat right now, the fire station's right next to us, right? And they're always shooting out the door, yep. all coming in from working elsewhere. Most of them are part-time. And it's a challenge. It's an expense. So you can see why it's maybe changed. However, and this is why we're sitting here, is at some point, something's going to go wrong. Where that chain that used to happen, which is almost foolproof, has now changed and it might be the monitoring station phones up um, one key holder, they're on holiday, phone another key holder, they're um, fast asleep with COVID or something, and actually it doesn't go any further. Sure. And a message gets left, there's a fire, something burns down, now the insurance industry's like, oh, oh, hold on a minute, mm-hmm. um, who's responsible here? So for me, it's just like, well, as investors, there's a liability coming down the track. How are we best to prepare for that? And do you think, I mean, is the in, have you had any indication from the insurance industry that are thinking about this is on their radar at all? Do you know what? We've had nothing from insurers on this whatsoever, which is, which actually, which is actually quite surprising because it, is a, it could be a potential big impact yeah. on businesses. But I think it's worth starting with a fact that's on the Scottish Fire website. Uh, Each year across Scotland, 48,000 fire alarm signals are generated, accounting for 45% of all fire and rescue activity. 
less than 2% are as a result of an actual fire. Wow. So 98% require no interventions. So I think we can understand why this yeah. has been brought in because there's an awful lot of wasted wasted uh, emergency response sure. time there, which sure. could and, be and allocated in other and ways. And we're guilty. We've had you know occasions where, um, especially during the day, something's happened, burning toast, usual sort of thing. And you just think, you know, that we get we get notified after the fire. We're like, can you not just cancel it? No, we can't. We had to phone them first, and of course that's now changed. Yeah. It just is worth pointing out. This is a Scottish legislation thing right now. We don't know whether it's going to be covered in England and Wales. But part of the reason I wanted to cover this on the podcast was just for investors who are taking on new buildings. Is just what are some of the things we need to think about that insurers might use to gauge the premium they have to pay. Mm-hmm. So. Sure, we need to work it operationally how we're going to deal with calls, but also, you know, how much, let's say, for instance, you've got an L1 system in, you've got cameras in every single room, you've got um, smoke and heat detectors everywhere, that might improve the level of um, coverage and reduce your premiums. Sure. But actually, that's a lot of money, right? So it's really just trying to work out some of the basics, like operationally, maybe you could just go through that, you know, the sort of things that people could be doing to make sure that um, their building's in a much better state, but also will then cover just that that linchpin there about, well, actually, what happens when that call comes in and somebody doesn't answer it. But first off, let's just talk through some of the basics. Super. I think it's also worth saying that this new this new regulation it excludes sleeping premises such as hospitals, care homes, hotels, and domestic dwellings. So I think it's worthwhile saying yeah, that. Sure. So, so they are they are still yeah. on there on, so on the it, full response. So if you've got a hotel Absolutely. or anything like that, yeah, yeah. this is what people in there at night. Yeah, yeah. So this is more for kind of businesses that you know all other types yeah. of business. Uh, yeah, I think there's certainly a responsibility now on on a business to have a a robust fire safety risk assessment. Uh, so that needs to be looked at. Uh, creating an action plan, you know, having uh, people within the business that are responsible for responding to it. But it will have an impact. And, you know, this this new response level where the onus is on the business owner or the allocated person within the business to call 999, you know, you might not get to that property in time before it's completely destroyed yes. by fire. So we've not had a high-profile case yet, but, you know, I don't think we're too far away. No, I think it's inevitable, isn't it? That Yeah, just somewhere on the line, the communication stops. Absolutely. And it doesn't get through. And the issue is one of those 2%. Yeah, and I think, you know, this has not been widely communicated either. So I think, you know... If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes, 
to get the conversation started. Hopefully this podcast will make uh, some people look at the, you know, I think there's a good website, firescotland.co.uk, which has a lot of great material in it. Yep. Uh, but businesses or property owners should be having a look at their, at their fire detection and seeing what they can do you know, to detect that fire because the fire brigade are only going to respond when you say, I can actually see smoke or flames. Yes. They're not going to attend otherwise. So it's a big, it's a big sea change. There is, there is an option, of course, for companies to outsource that element, isn't it? So Absolutely. it goes to the monitoring station. The monitoring station then phones the, the list of numbers on, yep. on the pad, right, yep. on the computer. And it may well be that you've got three or four key holders, or sure. it might just be yourself if you're a sole landlord. But you can have that put to another outsider. Yeah. Right. So what's, what's the process there? Well, you're just, you're just outsourcing it to a third-party company. The, the onus is, is in them to take that alarm monitoring call and then they've got to physically visit the visit the premises yeah. see if there's smoke you know have a have a walk around the premises see if there's anything there and if they see smoke or fire they phone 999 yeah and if that doesn't happen the fire brigade are not going to respond yeah it's interesting because that's now another 15 minutes it, 20 yeah, minutes absolutely. you know depend i mean depending on where they're located but that is sure. now a good extra time that have a big influence on what the fire gets dealt with. Especially for rural properties, uh, you know, that are not, you know, within a town, within a city, you'd think there's neighbours nearby, they see smoke, they're going to phone 999, yes. and it's a physical, I can see smoke. But certainly a rural property that's, you know, on its own, it's uh, isolated, yeah, it could have a big, big impact. Yeah, because we've got one, one, one vehicle going out to have a look. Yeah. They, they say, oh, yep, yep, there's something going on here. And then the next vehicle has to come out with the brigade. Yeah, yeah. it's a big, big additional time period. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting uh, to see how that plays out with the insurance market, right? Well, yeah, it won't. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of uh, fire on the back of that at some point in the future because rural properties are, they are isolated. Uh, and, it, you know, one e e even if the fire brigade did respond to rural property, it takes a long time to yeah, get there, sure. and if that and if that extra fifteen minutes, as you say, is there, then you know there might not be much left of the property. So, getting proper assessment, making sure this doesn't happen in the first place, is obvious, right? Yep. But then moving from that to the monitoring element, is there some things that we could think about? Whether that is, I guess, obviously making sure everything structurally is sound, and you've got your compartmentation done really well. You've got your your one hour, your integrity of your one hour and your half hour walls and everything sure. done correctly. But when it comes around to the detection element, we have L one systems in most of our buildings, mm -hmm. so basically every single orifice has yeah. a has a detector Absolutely. in it, right? Some some are smoke, some are heat. But it's also a case of right. Well, if it goes off, there could be a way of if you have more cameras whether you have a better mix of detectors, I don't know, Ross, um, that will allow you remotely to have a quick look as well. Mm. This legislation is all about reducing unwanted fire alarm signals. Uh, so I think the best place to start is, again, your fire safety risk assessment, but also having a look at your actual monitors, making sure they're up to date, mm -hmm. you know, so you're, so you're reducing any, any, any false alarms, because here... With this new legislation, you know you're going to need to attend the property if you've not an, if you've not got an outsourced third yep. you know third party monitoring station. So 
it's the onus is now fully fully transferred onto the property owner to yep. make sure that they've got as good a fire monitoring system in place as possible. And in many cases, you might need to have a look at upgrading, you know, some of your sensors. Yes. Uh, you know, some of the sensors nowadays are far more sophisticated than they were 15, 20, 20 years ago. So, you know, there's a lot that property owners need to do to just yeah. have a look at okay, how they so, can... Yeah, so as a, as a practical tip there, yeah, is, is actually making sure that the kit that we've got in these buildings, because often you buy a building and it's got a fire alarm system and somebody comes and says, yeah, it looks all right. Yeah. And then you test it, there's a few heads need replacing yeah. and that sort of thing. But but some of these, is it not every 10 years you need to replace all the heads and everything? Yeah, absolutely. But, but the actual kit itself, eventually. And even, you know, and many, many property owners, <coughs> excuse me, a, you know, they don't get the system monitored or serviced, maintained yes. annually. So that's key to it as well. You know, I know it costs a lot of money to, to you know, to pay for that annual maintenance agreement, but yep. it's, it's, it's well worth it in the long run. Yeah, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make with this whole podcast episode really, and with your help, is just that we've got this situation where the rules have changed, insurance hasn't really reacted, but it seems fairly plausible to me that there's going to be one or two instances that happen um, unfortunately, some buildings are going to get burnt down because the communication hasn't been there. Insurance industry is going to react to that. They're going to start looking at it saying, right, how do we mitigate our um, cover here? Yeah. And it's really for us as owners of the properties to work out, well, actually, yeah, same thing. How do we mitigate this? Sure. Well, we've not seen insurers put any extra risk prevention measures uh, on any of our uh, quotes policies so far. But is that going to come in the future? It's probably going to take, you know, it's only going to take one or two high-profile cases of fire before they will have a. Yeah, you know, there'll be a few more a, boxes to fill. Absolutely, in, there? yeah. In saying that, you know, if you turn that to a positive, it is this new legislation should make property owners think a bit more about the mm -hmm. danger of fire. Yeah, and it may actually help it uh, in the long run because you know they may think, well, goodness sake, you know, if I've got to make that nine 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 call, then you know, let's make the yes. best detection possible. Yeah, and, and if you are um, a, a landlord who's doing trying to do everything yourself, being phoned at three o'clock in the morning with a possible fire alarm. Oh, <laughs> inconvenient. It's, it's inconvenient, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, monitoring by another party who then sends somebody out sounds a lot more appealing to me. But, the, but it's just, I think there will be a case where there's going to be more tick boxes. You mentioned about fire policy. Obviously, that's part of the process already, right? Yeah. But um, how old your system... How, how you know? Um, how often is it serviced? All these sorts of things, I think, are going to start coming in, aren't they? Absolutely. And we maybe need to get ready for that now. What, what do you think the the the, um, the chances are that it would potentially go on to England and Wales? Do you think that's a possibility? Uh, I are they think waiting to see. I think probably <laughs> waiting to see, but yeah, who knows? You know, but uh, it's unlike Scotland to do things first. But you yeah. know, gen, gen, generally, it comes from south to north. But you never know; this might go from north to south this yeah. time. So. Okay, all right. I think we've covered it all there, Ross. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you, Joe. Just remind us, um, remind listeners of your business, Ross. Just so they can get in touch with you. Uh, Anderson Smith Insurance Brokers, uh, based in Kinross, and we're corporate brokers that uh, look after any and all corporate insurances. Fantastic. And delighted to help any of any of your clients. Great. We'll pop the details in the show notes. Okay. Thanks very much, Ross. Thank you, Jerry. Bye.